Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Everyone, and welcome you guys to Blog Talk Radio Football Fan Rush. Happy NFL Sunday. It's October 27th, and we are covering everything that's NFC North today. So we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the injuries that are going on in our division. Uh, don't you so mean the injuries, the injury, Mike. and the injury? Okay, guys, that's Mike. I'd like to welcome Mike, our co-host, <laughs> to the show. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And you- All right, so now you were getting ready to interject and give your expertise. So do you, do we want to start on the injuries end, or how do you want to, where do you want to take uh, the show? The the North, we are, if we're talking about the NFC North, uh, all we can talk about is the injury, the injury, and the injury. We can change the name of this show from the good, the bad, and the we injury to the injury, the injury. We have some good going on. We have some good going on. Yes, we do. We have some good going on, but... We have some injured, injured, and injured going on as well. So how and do you want to start? Well, let's start. Well, let's start with the team that has a bye in the NFC North Division, and that's the Bears, one of your, of course, your ultimate favorite team, and they are plagued with injuries. I mean, to see Josh McCown on the field, <laughs> they've got injuries. I mean, the Bears definitely the, the defensive side of the ball. Oh my goodness! And then now Cutler down for a few weeks. So let's start there. Let's let's okay. break that whole spectrum down. So before before last week's game, we already had three people on the defensive side. Both tackles injured. We lost DJ Williams injured. I already said Henry Melton injured. Uh, Nate Collins injured. Then we go into last week's game, and we already Peanut Tillman plays when he can, but. All right, he goes out there for the first quarter, and by the second quarter, he's on the sideline. Then we lose Lance Briggs for four to six weeks. Oh, gosh. Uh, Julius Pepper yeah, that, that still hurts. isn't himself. That's a big hole. Ju- Ju- Julius Pepper still isn't himself, and it's a question, is he injured? Is he sick? Steven Paya, he hasn't been playing all season because of turf toe. That's just the defensive side of the ball. We almost have a completely different defensive uh, starting. Uh, we're going to have a, almost a completely different defensive starter compared to what we started with at the beginning of the season. I mean, at this point, I might need Anthony Adams to come out of uh, retirement, and that ain't saying much. And that's just what wow. he I'm gonna I'm gonna um, see if he'll come out of retirement just to uh, help out this defense here for the Bears. So I mean, we're, we're, we're at the point we're at the point where the Bears need the warm field. bodies on the field. They just need some warm bodies, and then you add well, they, in the offense. Some, some... Go ahead. You add in the you add in the offense. You got Josh McCown, and a lot of people was oh well, he was looking great. I'm not going to get excited if for no other reason. The backup quarterback often looks great when they get in the game because the defense has not had a chance to scheme for them for a whole week. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, he did look good, but no one knew what to expect from the Redskins. 
And then let's also keep it real. The Redskins' defense is horrible. Uh, is, is, that's a tradition under a Shanahan, Mike Shanahan system. Offense looks great. Defense, not so much. Then you also add Martellus Bennett. His knee is killing him. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's just – and then my favorite player to crack jokes on, Major Wright, his knee – is not really doing great. So right about now, the Bears are just trying to piecemeal enough players to get on the field. Hello, yeah, did I lose you? You're definitely not. You're definitely not liking what you're seeing. No, I'm listening. Oh no, give me respect. Uh, no, I'm not liking what I'm. <laughs> not the Bears. I'm not liking, but I mean, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about it a lot today. But one of the things that's also very real. That's a lot. I mean, all all football teams go through injuries every year. But I'm just saying right. like it's way more than usual, way more than usual. And it's not minor injuries. These, these players are going through major potential career-ending injuries. And it, had, it was and then, something that we even talked about. We talked about this, so even coming out of the preseason, the type of injuries and the consistency in injuries that we were seeing. So it, it, it's honestly, it's getting worse. You know, we, we were I mean, shocked. I don't, there are always injuries in preseason, and we were shocked, especially with the ACL and MCL injuries. But this, this is getting like really, really. This is unreal. I tweeted out this week talking about how long is it going to take before the NFL and the NFLPA renegotiate this CBA just because of these rules. They need conditioning. These body well, parts they, are still you know human. I, and I hear what you're saying, but they, there's tons of research and proof that has to go in, into that. They can't I mean, just one car, look at – unfortunately, they can't just look at one season and just say, oh, we got to change that. They really I mean, one co- proof that that change has caused this type of impact to players. One could, argue, one, one could argue the the flip side, that their body parts need to get used to the new rule. And I'm sorry. I watch football because of the physical nature of the game. That's why most people watch football, because of the physical nature of the game. And when you have already – what is known to be from high school on up, the sport that causes more broken bones than any other activity in the world. And it's not the sport that causes more broken bones than any other sport. They cause more broken bones than any other activity, period. And that was before the rule changes. And now we're getting things that are happening that are not just broken bones. Broken bones heal. ACLs don't heal the same way. I'm sorry. And then we can't talk about the Bears and ignore Mr. Brandon Merriweather. No, no, we we really, we we can't. I was going to actually even touch on that when we started to talk about the Lions with Dominic and Sue and Uh, how how he's feeling. But if you'd like to go ahead and, and segue into that, we, we I mean, can. If you were, and I was I was really surprised that um, the suspension was reduced. I was I was shocked. Forget even before the suspension was reduced, I was upset at how few games he got. I personally felt that he should have had a three to four game minimum. Now I realize I'm a Bears fan, but literally, I don't think Brandon Merriweather is intimidated by a one- or two-game suspension. Because, um, first of all, players have been reduced, and then you get a $1,000 fine. I don't think Brandon Merriweather is making enough to where a game is $100,000. $100,000 for him is three games. And playing time is what a lot of players okay. pay attention to. Okay, so and, are you just going to is, – is that so is that how the suspensions and the fines are going to go? Let me see what you can afford. Like you mentioned when we were talking and doing research earlier, dude is out there headhunting. Like how do you give your own self right. a concussion? Really, like he is it, it, 
watching him play, I feel like I have to always check and see what day it is, like, and make sure I'm not watching WWE because it's unreal. And I don't think when I look at Dominican too, yes, some of the hits are unreal. Yes, there have been late tackles. Yes, he's built this reputation as just this monstrous but who, player. Who gets but I don't think blowing on somebody yeah. with bad breath. I mean, it's like, exactly. good God. I, I was going to say, I don't, when I've looked at a lot of past films just trying to figure out, you know, if he, did he really build this reputation? Yes, he's had some dirty hits. Who hasn't? But I think just the reputation that he's built in his character, which he is sort of working to change, um, has, is what got him to find. But how is, how is everyone missing this when it comes to Brandon Merriweather? I'm, I'm so confused. I look at the games like, what is, what is he doing? And why does no I mean, Brandon Merriweather. Brandon Merriweather. If you're over 35, this will this will make sense to you. Brandon Merriweather, to me, in my eyes, is is worse than Mark Carrier ever was. Half of these half of these spearing rules and head hunting rules, and using the helmet as a weapon rules, are because of Mark Carrier. He's worse. Mark Carrier didn't like the rule change, but he changed when the rule changes came in. Yes, he still sometimes got fined because uh, muscle memory took him back to what he was already doing. Brandon Merriweather gets fined almost every game. He got he did the same hit twice in the same game. I mean, I'm during the meeting before the before going on the air, I talked about something that. I talked about the NC2A having the authority to eject a person in the middle of the game, and when they eject somebody, they instantly have to go to the replay to see if that person deserved to be ejected. Literally, unless Brandon Merriweather has the the fear of being kicked out of that game, he's not going to stop. And, and that has to, it, that it, has it, to change. He is literally, hey, it, it, when you compare him to He's going to kill himself or somebody else. It's, it's just not that serious. It's not. I just feel I mean, like he's on the sidelines. Like, really? It's not even just that he's uh he's going helmet to helmet, because he is doing that a lot. But then there are other plays when he's dropping his shoulder and aiming for their head. Because when he <laughs> went up against... Uh, when he he went helmet to helmet against Alshon Jeffrey, but when he went up against uh, Brandon Marshall last week, he dropped his shoulder and aimed he dropped his Marshall's yes. head. Yes, he did. Yes, he yes he did. That he was very funny. Yes, he did. I mean, uh, so when when uh, Brandon Marshall, who's known to have a big mouth, who's known to say some crazy stuff from time to time, when he said kick him out for the season. I didn't have a problem with him saying it. Yes, I'm a Bears fan, but I understood. If you're on the receiving end of somebody dropping their shoulder into your head, you're going to react. He's on the receiving end of getting a, a shoulder aimed at his head. And when he went on Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey, you could tell his bell was wrong. He played it off well, but if you could tell his bell was wrong, and he made sure he held on to that ball. That was like, hey, man, there ain't nothing stopping me from holding on to this ball. But if he had to drop the ball, I would not have been surprised. Well, I he's definitely, not have I mean, I, I think now that, especially with the Bears speaking up about it, I think he's going to be watched more closely. I don't know how he slipped through the cracks, but he has, and I was definitely shocked that his suspension was reduced. And it, to me, it doesn't matter if you make enough or you don't compare to with his contract, comparing it to Dominic's contract or any other player. That's the fine and the penalty for your action, and that's just the fine and the penalty. So if it takes you three games, if you make that amount in three games, then maybe hitting him in the pockets might help change the way he's playing because I, I just is there's just way way too much drama that he's he's oh. doing too much. And even, you know, and Dominican looking at Indom, you know, a few reports on Indomitian, he has stated while he's still battling to find that he's playing within the rules for the most part. That's honestly how he feels when he's out there playing. Uh, another problem that I have with the way the NFL is doing it, I have noticed that the NFL Finds you 
or suspends you. If they want to, why aren't they fining and suspending? So giving him a financial hit in addition to saying, not only are we going to hit your pockets, we're not going to allow you to make money to pay this off. I want, because literally, if, I guarantee you, if they just said, okay, we're going to give you a $100,000 fine and suspend you for a game, I might, I might, I might have bit down on that much better when they reduced it if they gave him an and in that. If fact. they gave him a fine with it. So yeah, um, these are things and, and I definitely. Still, um, I still believe fans are have fans been. are are upset. A lot of people were shocked. I was definitely shocked. I, I, I was I was, that, I was beyond shocked, but I couldn't believe that mm-hmm. they started at just two games. I was waiting to hear a minimum of three. And and I literally thought three would have been too few, but I knew they weren't going to give them four to six. So I was waiting to hear three. When they said two, I was trying to talk myself into saying, well, two might be enough, but I couldn't. And then when they reduced it, I was like, what are you guys on? I want his lawyer if I ever do anything. I could not well, believe what the NFL we, we are definitely not gonna. That's just that's our opinion to the NFL. It's just how we feel. However, they came to the conclusion, uh, we're not sure. We're lost little sheep with that one. But we're uh, not gonna. We're, we're not gonna give Mayweather this entire show. We are gonna bring okay, it back. That, but I'm gonna the say NFC this final North. thing. And, okay. <laughs> I was with Brandon Mayweather. I can honestly say it's not just our opinion. If you watch any network in the last week, if you listen to any. Uh, radio pundits in the last week, everybody came at Brandon Merriweather. Right, but we just stated our opinion. Every, everyone okay. did. Yeah, I, I agree, but we just stated our hat and how we felt from our point of view from our show. So, yes, okay. everyone is up in arms, and, you know, now we are too. So now the rest of the world knows this, and the NFL has got to do something different when it, when it comes to, to him. That's unreal. But... Since we are talking about another quote unquote bad boy and his team, they actually have the Lions and the Dominican Zoom and Nick Barry and everyone else down there is taking on the Cowboys today. And the Cowboys have a pretty long injury list. So I'm wondering if this yeah. is going to be the game that the Lions come back and redeem themselves from their loss. See, the biggest thing that I'm worried about for the for the Lions, is a lot of the injuries that the Cowboys have, the major parts of their injuries, in my eyes, are on the defensive side of the ball. So when Tony Romo wants to, he can get into a shootout. Now, the Lions can get into a shootout. It's just going to come down to are they going to keep up? Because yes, well, let's, there let's are talk some... about it from a, a, a defensive standpoint. I mean, when you look at the O line that the Cowboys has and the defensive front that the Lions have, I mean, what is that clash going to be like? See, from that clash, that's when the the biggest asset that Tony Romo has will have to come out today: his ability to roll out of the pocket, his ability to scramble. To me, that is Tony Romo's biggest asset. He, that is the one thing that I think Tony Romo has that I can compare to Aaron Rodgers. He can throw on the run. Whether you like Tony Romo or not, he can roll out of the pocket. He can throw on the run. And today, he's going to have to because <laughs> that line is not good at protecting him. Um, not at all. And that's the real – and that's the, to me – I think that's the real reason uh, that he got his $55 million guaranteed extension. Because uh, coming in, they look, were able to look at that offensive line like, man, we can't protect this dude. We have not built a line around him. we got to pay him because uh, we can't protect him. And I can only imagine how Jerry Jones felt in that room, like, dog it, he has the upper hand right now. 
Jerry Jones can be a shrewd businessman, but he did not have the upper hand for a change. And literally, he's gonna he's gonna have to make his uh make his money today. He's gonna have to earn his check today. Cause and I, just, I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a really really good game. But I I just the defense that the Lions are are coming with. I don't know if the Cowboys can handle it. I mean, they're not really right. slacking in any area on on the defensive side of the ball. They have a decent secondary. Their, their safeties aren't bad. Like, it's it's. I don't know if the Cowboys are, are ready for this. I don't think the Cowboys are ever ready for a good defense. So, I mean, um, keep it real, any time they played up against a good defense, they tried to get into a good shootout. Uh, I think the reason why the Broncos, was a close game is because the Broncos' defense has not stepped up. The Cowboys' Achilles heel is a good defense, but it's going to. But I think their biggest Achilles heel is the one thing that Detroit does not have. Yes, the Cowboys struggle against a good defense, but most be, mm-hmm. good defense that the Cowboys struggle against also has a decent secondary. The Cowboys, I mean, the Lions, part of their defense is their front seven. This secondary uh, is not is not going to scare Des Bryant and Miles Austin, so they're going to be able to play. But they have a pretty decent, you know, secondary. They may give them. I mean, when they when they have to put up and they have to battle, and this is definitely a battle. And even Calvin Johnson mentioned earlier this week, this is kind of like a must win for them, and they're going into their bye, so they're coming in here with a totally different mind state. Their chemistry is together, like they're they're ready. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a few. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if I saw a few pick sixes in this. I really think the defense is going to force turnovers from Tony Romo because, I mean, that's just like one of the scariest defensive fronts you could come up against. But I just would not be surprised if Dez got stopped a, a couple times. They're just, they're just coming in here with a different focus. I think – Unlike last week, they are not going to take the Cowboys for granted, even though the Cowboys have a lot of holes. And when Tony Romo is Tony Romo, he gets the job done. But I don't think they're going to take this game for granted or lightly at all. I really think the Lions are coming oh, with passion and heart. I, don't, I don't think any team takes the Cowboys for granted, not because the Cowboys are, quote, unquote, the greatest team, but going into any Cowboys game, Every team is sick and tired of the Cowboys being called America's team, so they look forward to crushing the Cowboys. So that, I think, literally the Cowboys get every team's best every week. That is just built on past Cowboys' reputation. So the Cowboys want to beat the Cowboys. I mean, the Lions want to beat the Cowboys. Two teams with blue and white, that's what I get. Uh they want to beat them. I literally think the Lions are a better team. Uh, but also in the Cowboys' favor, though, they're trying to keep up and maintain a chance to win the division because that division is so horrible that everybody is still in the race to win that division. They actually the only people right on, on only team right on their heels are are the Eagles with the Cowboys sitting four and three. The Eagles are sitting three and four. Right. The only but team above five hundred is I don't, the Cowboys. Yeah, that is the only team because yeah, I, I it's done for the Giants and the Redskins. They're just playing football for the rest of the season. They're they're. I mean. But the, then, but then you you swing back. The Redskins are not that done. The Giants are done. The Giants are done, but the Redskins aren't that done. If the Cowboys keep balling and Philly figures out a way to pull it back together, then good luck to the Redskins. I mean, they're two and four, so it's good luck to them. But you know, it's 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 a little different when you look at the division that we love, the NFC North. There is a battle going on right now with Green Bay actually sitting on top. I mean, we've got three teams over the 500 percentage mark, and all of them mm-hmm. are trying. To, all of them are battling for that NFC North title. So, no, the Lions can't take any game going forward, even coming out out of their bye. 
after their bye week lightly at all. But this game means a, a lot to them because that they're in this battle, and I just really think that they're going to come and, and play really, really, really hard football. I'm quite sure the Eagles would like to see them play hard football. It gives them a chance to either tie with the Cowboys because they're not that far behind. But in the NFC North, I think every game going forward that the Packers and the Lions are going to play, we're just going to see some, some black and blue football like we're used to from this division. I mean, literally, the Lions are in a in our actuality, in my opinion, they're in a worse position than the Bears. Although the Lions, I think, are going to end up with a better record by the end of the season than the Bears, they're in a worse position because the Packers, I hate to say it, I think they're going to beat the Vikings today. If the Packers beat the Vikings and for some strange reason the Lions lost to the uh, Cowboys today, the, Cowboys. the Packers' mm-hmm. following follow game is up against a beat-up Chicago Bears team. So if the Packers were to win the next two games, and the Lions only, and the Lions, uh, the Lions lost today. Going into the bye, they would finally become. There would finally be some distance between first, second, and third, and the Packers would have taken control. The Bears are in a bad position, but they they will be not so far out of it just by playing the Packers as their next game. The Bears would literally get put out of it in the next few games following the Packers. I just think as far as schedule and position that they're in, the the Lions have to win today. There is no – it's partially because they're going into their bye week. They have no choice but to win today just to keep up, just to keep up. You see what I'm saying? I, I I get you, and they they definitely need. They can't drop the ball today at all. This is this is I'm expecting this to be a really really good game. They cannot drop the ball whatsoever. No, no, they cannot. And honestly, I need dirty Indomitian Sue to play today. I don't need soft Indomitian Sue to play, and he is never soft, but. I don't need the NFL in his head saying, don't hit this person. Like, I need him to play <laughs> well, with reckless know, abandonment. You said $100,000 aside, and he will do what you need him to do today. Make sure you pay right. his fine. Right, I mean, he will, I mean, literally, the way he plays when he plays with reckless abandonment, quarterbacks are afraid. Because it's not just that he's big. There are some there are some uh, players that are just big, and you run from them because if they land on you, like your Warren Sapps, your Nick Fairley, those players are just big. But then you can talk about your Jason Taylors, uh, your Julius Peppers, your Indominus Sue. They're big and they're fast and athletic. And, yes, mm-hmm. I know some players that are no longer playing on purpose just so we can get a feel for what I'm saying. Of what, yeah. When Jason Taylor was – Jason Taylor coming at you, if you beat him on that first play, he's going to spin off of that first block and still keep coming at you. Julius Peppers, you're going to have to put on the jet to keep running from him. And Dominican Sue, and no, I'll, I'll pick another one. That's one of my favorite, favorite players to talk about it. And, oh, my goodness, you, you, I know you remember this play. Oh, I know you remember this play. It, it happened uh, last week. Jared Allen sacking somebody while having a person in between him. He, people mm-hmm. run with him, too. And, and literally, once you think you've stopped him, he's one of those players that you just have not stopped. And, and Dominic and Sue, getting back to the Lions, think you've stopped him, you haven't stopped him. So, yeah, I, I almost segued into the Vikings too soon, but there's just certain things. There's certain defenders, and there's one on that every happens. team. There, there's one on every team in the NFC North. There's certain defenders once you I was think you say, beat yeah, them. Not on every team, but on the NFC North, I, I can give you that. There's one on every team in the NFC North. Once you think you beat them, you better think again. 
I mean, and some of the teams in the NFC North have two and three, but there's at least one on every team in the NFC North. Well, yeah, this is this is again, like I said, I really feel like going into the vibe. This is a must win for the Lions. But even when they come out of the bye like you, you know, when they come off their bye week, the Bears will have seen the Packers. Then up next, the Bears see the Lions, and the Lions see the Steelers, the Bucks. So, you know, the, the Lions have a chance to. I don't, I don't know. This, this is a tight race. In, in, in the, the Lions have the, the, Lions they, have they the, have the, the chance best to part of their schedule. They have the best part of their schedule coming up. The Bears have the worst part of their schedule coming up. They do. They really do. I mean, they, they, well, I mean, yeah, because they got the Packers, the Lions, the Ravens. Oh, you know, might see some light with the Rams. Never sure what my Vikings are going to do. I always have faith in them, but they see the Vikings from the first. So, a lot of people count they, the Rams out a lot of times, but the Rams are in every game. So I don't even see that as an easy game for the Bears. The Rams are in every game. Well, we'll we'll see what happens QB-wise with with the Rams as we get closer to that matchup and we bring that up and we talk about that, so we'll see what happens. But, um, again, I'm going to go with the Lions to pull it off today. They need it. They're hungry for it. They really, really want it. I just don't see – I really see the defensive front getting to that offense and just picking the offense apart before they become a shootout. I want you to allow me to let this out. As a Bears fan, I want the Lions to lose. As a football fan, I want the Lions to win, to enjoy the race. I am looking at this from the standpoint of reality, sir. No, 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 no. If it was up to me, like the Vikings would have won every game. But as as, as the reality of it. So even if they lose, you think that will help the Bears? I think it'll it'll prolong the agony. <laughs> That's all I think it'll do. It'll prolong the agony of the Bears are not going to do so hot this still year. Green Bay that we're going to touch on next. They still have to deal with the Packers. They still need up with I, the Packers, which I will be there for. Like I said, they... I think it'll prolong the agony. I don't think that the Bears oh, are going to have goodness. a good season by the end. I'm not. I'm not naive right now. You have no faith in literally. I have no faith in Josh McCown. I have no faith in any team that has this many major injuries at major positions. It's not just Josh McCown. Because I literally do think I have faith in Mm -hmm. Mark Tressman that if the Bears' defense was doing good, that Josh McCown could get us to a split of the next four games. Because literally that's all the Bears need is a split of the next four games. If we go two and two over the next four, I think we're still in the race to make the playoff. But I'm not sure that with the the, the defense that we can be able to pull this off. I'm just not sure. Because the Bears team is not built around being a shootout team. I mean, we were we scored forty one last week because we were playing the Redskins. We're gonna be playing the Packers the Ravens, and the Lions. Did I just speak three defenses? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. That's, our next, that's our next three games. If we were playing against the Broncos, the Redskins, and whoever else, I might have, and, and Tampa Bay, I might believe that we could score. Not, not necessarily believe that we could win, but I might believe we could score. We're playing against defense. And I'm not looking forward to when we play against the Panthers because it seems like Cam Newton has gotten his, his act together, and that defense is, is playing like a defense. Oh, gosh, that defense is playing well. I can't well, believe I'm going uh, again. I'm, I'm going with the Lions. I do like what the Panthers are doing, but I'm going with the Lions. I think, you know, if they're focused and they come in there with the the attitude of this is a must win, which they've already put out there, then I think the Lions can pull it off. I'm sorry. I I, I believe the Lions. Dear Bears I believe the Lions. No, I believe the Lions should pull it off. I just 
I'm not confident that the Lions will pull it off. Um, okay, I can take that. I, I I can understand where you're coming I from. I believe they should. Going up against a team of scrubs, they're going up against a, a really good team. And if, if the O line for Dallas comes to play today, then Tony Ramos going to put that ball where it needs to be. I mean, literally, I think the best bet for the Lions. <laughs> this is with something that a coach would never admit to. But I think the best bet for the Lions would be to expect the their line not to do so well and have a lot of plays set for Tony Romo to roll out the pocket, to to have designed plays for him to roll out the pocket. But no coach will ever admit that they expected their line to do horrible. They may admit it in that coach's meeting, but <laughs> they'll never admit it. So we'll, we'll have to see how that one plays out. I mean, we're on a countdown. We've got an hour and a half to see if it's going to be the Tony Romo shootout or if it's going to be the Lions defensive front. So we will be checking that out live tweeting that game. And now we're moving on to another matchup in the NFC North, a nice divisional matchup with the Vikings. And the Packers. So I'm going to let you lead in mm-hmm. this game because I don't want to sound like an overzealous Vikings fan. So go ahead. I, Shut your I mean, literally, the the players that are out in today's game, in my eyes, are not players that could make or break the win of today's game. Like, and you even know what, Josh before, Freeman, before, before before you before you go any any further, I definitely do want to say this, especially for Packers fans and and everyone else that likes the Packers or have dealt with a seen an injury. I'm so glad to hear Jermichael Finley was out of the hospital. He was able to fill out of his extremities. He's going through rehab. So glad to see that his progress has been positive. And I look forward to hearing more stories and updates about the success of his his progress. So that's, like, really cool. But he is out today. And uh, we'll talk about in just a moment who's filling in for him. But go ahead and and continue. As I look at the the players that are out for the Vikings, I'm not seeing any players that are, how can I put this, make or break players. Right, impact players. Um, the quarterback position for the Vikings. Uh, I sent out a picture to you last week uh, saying the Vikings signed a new quarterback, and it was a picture of a jugs machine. And literally, the Vikings literally could have a jugs machine in there, and it would be better off than what they've had. It just comes down to, Matt Castle, Christian Ponder, and Josh Freeman are not prepared. And I'm not even going to blame any one of those three players because now I'm at the point where where I'm blaming the coaching staff on this one. Because when you have three different quarterbacks play the game and none of them look prepared, then I start having to ask, who's doing the preparing? Yeah, I won't say that they don't look prepared, but I, I, and and this is this is I, I'll fly Titan says this. I have an issue with Bill Musgrave and it's and it's play calling. I have no idea what schemes he prepares, but oh my god, like I just in the middle of games, even when I'm at Mall of America Field, I just feel like getting a rope and hanging myself. Like you can't, are you serious? Like do you see the defense is set up on the what is going on? I don't. I don't get it. I, I flat out don't get it. Because, to be honest, I don't think Ponder is a horrible quarterback. I don't think he's a horrible quarterback, unfortunately. He's not – he doesn't have the mentality of a Tom Brady or, or, or Peyton Manning where, yeah, this is a play that I was called, but I'm reading this defensive change. Yeah, we about to run something different. He just doesn't do that. So – no matter what he sees on the field, whatever the coordinator just told him with the play is exactly what he's going to do, which I don't think is the best thing for this team, but the, the, the plays being called are just enough to make me just 
run around the block six times on fire. I, I don't understand it. I mean, help with if, if somebody has a tutorial on, on Musgrave and his play calling, please send it to me. I will give you my BBM pen. I don't understand it. And I, I mean, don't literally, even allowed. Why? Why is this continuing on? I mean, yes, there's some other issues. I have no idea what's going on with the secondary. I'm so confused. Like once you you blow past that defensive front, it's like open season. You you I I don't get it. I'm watching the safeties. I don't see the the staff. I don't see what we were used to seeing when it comes to the corners and, and the safeties. It's like a, a free for all. You get past that defensive front. You make it past Jared and and, and Chad and and Robert. You make it past them. It's almost as as an opponent. It's almost like home free. You're definitely going to get a first down. You definitely may march all the way into the end zone or at least get within field goal range. That has to stop. So they've got more than just the QB issue that they have to worry about. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. It's just literally it's at the point where I'll compare them to the 2012 Chicago Bears and the 2013 uh, Carolina Panthers. They have a defensive-minded head coach with no offensive coordinator. I mean, literally, these teams that are going defensive-minded and these teams that are going offensive-minded, I don't like that because, in all actuality, my favorite team is going offensive-minded but has not had a defense. And some of it has nothing to do with their injuries because they weren't doing good when these injuries didn't exist. Literally, the teams that are doing good are the teams that say, okay, we're not going offensive-minded or defensive-minded. We're going, we're going to build a football team. And unfortunately, too many of these GMs and these owners are building, okay, we're going to build a good defense or we're going to build a good offense. And I think the Vikings have built a good offense. I mean, excuse me, a good defense. Built a great defense on paper. Right, they built a good defense. The Bears have built a good offense. The Panthers have built a good defense. The Redskins have built a good offense. It, it, it has gotten out of hand to where these teams, they're concentrating on one side of the ball. The only teams that I can I say don't, that I are concentrating. I don't think that was the Vikings' intent. I really don't because they went and they got offensive weapons. I mean, I would definitely like to see Patterson used more. I definitely want to see more from veteran play from from Greg Jennings. They, they you know, Simpson finally coming. They went and got well. They went and got. They went. They went and got good weapons, but they didn't go get the. They didn't go get the uh, the gun right. that can shoot those. They didn't go get the coach. Right, or they didn't go it get doesn't the per- even matter. Right, I was gonna say it doesn't even matter what gun you put in there. The plays that are being called are like, I mean, you're right. If you, if know, you don't, really... if, if we, if we gonna continue to use the gun analogy, if, if you don't go get the person that, if you don't go get the good marksman that, that exactly. calls the plays, it, 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 it serves no good is. how good the gun is. And that's no, one thing we, that they're they're facing. So I don't think I, I mean, think they have. It's almost like when the, remember when the Bulls used to have a three headed monster. Okay, it's like the Vikings have that, and they still can't take advantage of it. It's like heartbreaking. And I just you know so much pressure is on Leslie Frazier. Again, I do not think Leslie is a horrible coach. He has a lot to deal with from the owners and the GM. But I think Leslie it, Frazier Christian has just, the. Leslie Frazier has the same problem that I think quite a few coaches have. Leslie Frazier, uh, Lovey Smith, uh, and quite a few others. And it might be no. We could start calling it the Bears curse. Great defensive coordinators, but not good head coaches. Uh, Mike Singletary. <laughs> uh, and I can name. I, the list can go on. Great, great defensive coordinators, but not good head coaches. We definitely, we've got another caller calling in, so I definitely want to hear another opinion about what's going on in the game today. Good morning, caller, and welcome to Football Fan Rush. 
Hello, Cass. Hello, Michael. This is Dre from In Much Less Detail. How you guys doing? Oh, my goodness. Now now you're rating our show. (laughs) You're rating us now. Okay. I promise I will call in. Yeah, I promise I'd call in when I got a a Sunday free, and I got a Sunday free, and you guys are going at it, and I just wanted to chime in with a a couple of opinions of my own. Um, You know, you were talking, uh, Cass, about – about the Vikings and, and the play calling and Bill Musgrave. And I actually wonder if it's more just a function of are the defenses just doing a better job of shutting down Adrian Peterson because I think everything opens up from that. I remember the last good game the Vikings had was with Matt Castle at quarterback over in England against Pittsburgh. And Adrian Peterson goes off and opens up the offense and then they have to try to shut down Adrian Peterson and hope, look, let's go to Greg Jennings over the top because now the defense is, is opened up. So I, I wonder if it's just a matter of trying to get Adrian Peterson back on track and then everything else opens up from there because every offensive scheme looks good when Adrian Peterson is running all over everybody. Yeah, but the the, the attack I would have on that would be uh, a comparable something that the Bears have been known for for a list of coaches getting off the bus running but when the running game does not does not work, we have to, and they have to know how to switch it up. And unfortunately, on those games when Adrian Peterson does not start great in the first quarter, Bill Musgrave has got to know how to adjust. One of the best things that I can say about some of the, uh, the Bears coaching staff is their second-half adjustments. Bill Musgrave is not adjusting in the second half in the way that a good coach does. Uh, another example of a great uh, adjust, great team that adjusts in the second half would be the Seattle Seahawks. When you are shut down in the first half, you've got to know how to adjust. And I, I agree. Right. I agree that the, the Vikings don't finish. Even if Adrian Peterson does get loose on the days that the O-line creates holes for him, of course he's going to get loose. That shouldn't be the only thing at this point that jumpstarts the offense when you go out and you get offensive weapons. When Adrian Peterson is going to be shut down, which is most games, because he's now a target, there's no reason that I should not be going downfield. So, I mean, you want to get a veteran like Red Jennings. You've got a, a speedy, ready-to-go rookie in, in Patterson. You've got a really good, solid tight end that can get you some yardage on a rush. And, all I see is a couple passes, a few yards to the left for about five yards and to the right for about three. I, and, and I've looked at defenses. I've watched defensive lines change. With Christian Ponder not figuring that out, I've watched them change their setup just before the play. And all I think of is please don't hand this ball to Adrian Peterson. He's not going anywhere. And that's exactly what happened. So he's not – being a difference maker in the game, why are we still calling plays for him? You, you have to be looking at what everyone else is looking at. There has to be a different scheme. And right about now, every game, I can almost predict what – the only thing that was not predictable for me this year was watching Christian Ponder run into the end zone to get touchdown. It's like there's, there's no, no trust. I don't, I don't know if Christian Ponder doesn't trust his own arm or his receivers or Musgrave doesn't, so he doesn't call the plays for it. But it's really, really confusing, and they can't just keep, continue to rely on Adrian Peterson. Well, well, Michael just said it about if you have the bullets but you don't have the right gun to, to distribute those bullets, maybe you're looking at three guys that, that can't distribute the bullets between Castle and Ponder and, and Josh Freeman, and Freeman has the arm, but obviously you saw in that game he doesn't have the accuracy at all, so... I think that yeah, might be the, the yeah. issue is, is maybe the, you still are looking for the right quarterback to execute what you need to do. I mean, I it's so Josh clear. Freeman. When they got Brett Favre, it, it, it was like a totally different team. When they I think got with Josh Freeman. Go I, I think just with Josh Freeman, the problem has been the fact that he was thrown into a bad situation and he was asked to rescue them on too short of a time period. He, it literally, he's in a bad situation. He came in in less than a week and a half. They wanted him to start an NFL football game. You can't tell me that a person has mastered a playbook 
in that shorter time period and the nuances of a playbook, be it a bad or a good playbook, it's still a playbook that you have to to master. And then on top of that, they went up against a team that still can play good defense when they want to. Yes, the Giants have done horrible this season, but they are still a professional football team. So I I don't want to blame Josh Freeman because any good quarterback can have a bad game. Look at Tom Brady. He's had some bad games this season. Only quarterback to seem to not have a bad game this season so far is Peyton Manning. Even in the loss that he had, he didn't have a quote-unquote bad game. So all the quarterbacks are going to have a bad game. I think Josh Freeman was put into a bad position. And when you couple the position he was put in with with what Cassandra has been saying, Bill Musgrave is not calling good plays. If the defense goes up and knows the play or knows the concept of the play before the ball is snapped, Okay, yeah, they throw, they're handing it to Adrian Peterson this time. Oh no, they're going to throw it to uh, Greg Jennings this time. They're in a they're in a third and long, so they have to they have to throw the ball so they can back up. When they're in that position, and couple that with Josh Freeman, not he's never had great accuracy. He's he's always been a great athlete. So literally, their accurate quarterback is Matt Castle. Their their arm quarterback is Christian Ponder. Their athletic quarterback is Josh Freeman. And without combining the abilities of all of all three players, you need a coach that can coach the right things. And you can look at teams. If you have a good coach, you can survive. If you have good players, you can survive. Right now they have mediocre coaches and mediocre players. So two sets of mediocre is not going to equal the good. Hey, they don't have a bunch of mediocre players. They have. They have good players, but their mediocre outnumbers the good. (laughs) Their mediocre outnumbers their good. Let's keep that real. They don't have a lot of mediocre players. Your team has mediocre players than mine. My team has a lot of mediocre players playing (laughs) because our good players are (laughs) injured. So with so with that and and now and I'd like as Ray brought that up. So today, what are we expecting to see from both of you guys in this Vikings and Packers matchup from from both teams? And I'm going to let Dre lead off with that one. I actually am looking for Peterson to bounce back and rebound. He's had a couple of really bad games, of course, since that tragedy, and I just get a, a sort of a hunch that in a prime time matchup against a division opponent at home, I think all the, the ingredients are right for, for Peterson to get back on track and keep Minnesota in the game. I, of course, have to take the Packers to win eventually because they have the, the better quarterback in, in Aaron Rodgers by far on the field, and I think he's going to overcome and, and bring the Packers to victory. But I'm actually looking for a, a pretty close game in the 20s between both teams. So long as uh, Christian Ponder doesn't panic and, and start trying to throw those deep balls that, that he hasn't been able to, to execute and throws a lot of interceptions, I think uh, he can keep them in the game and keep it close. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, I think, a pretty close matchup tonight, actually. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to Adrian Peterson having a good game because Clay Matthews is still out. I'm looking forward to that also because Nick Perry is not 100%. But I unfortunately believe the Packers are going to win this one, and it's not even going to be close. I believe the Packers are going to win. And when I say not going to be close, I'm not expecting a blowout, a 20-point win or anything like that, but I see the Packers winning by around 10 points. And it's just the better team is going to prevail today. They're going to prevail even if they end up pulling away towards the end of the game in garbage time. It's just the, the it, They're just going to look like the better team today. Um, both teams have injuries, but 
I believe even the Packers' second string will be able to do better than the Vikings' first string because their second string still has the asset named Aaron Rodgers. And when you have a good QB, sometimes that that does enough. I mean, we have seen Tom Brady. We have seen Phillip Rivers. We have seen Peyton Manning do things with not so much. And well, we're seeing that now with, with Aaron Rodgers. So, so we are seeing right. that, but I don't know. Right. I just believe that the Packers are the better team. I would like for the Vikings to give them a good game. I hope what Andre said is what happens. I hope Dre's prediction is is what happens. Because I, I do believe the Packers are going to win the game. But I would love to see a good game today. And like you said, it's right for Adrian Peterson to have a good game uh, because Adrian Peterson knows where where the deficiencies are going into the game in that front seven and will be able to attack those deficiencies. Only problem is Bill Musgrave is also going to be trying to attack those deficiencies too. And <laughs> we um it's like, hopefully just we just with Christian Ponder having to sit down for the last few weeks, hopefully it just has changed his mindset and exactly what the team needs from him. Especially going well, to a division rival. Well, I hope Musgrave is smart enough not to call plays for Peterson to run right into B.J. Raji's belly because that will oh, completely God. destroy the Vikings if he calls plays to do that. Hey, yes, you heard me say, show him what you got, Raji. Because Raji is a big boy. He's a big boy. He will literally. Yeah. He uses his girth to his best of his abilities. And. It literally, I pray, I pray that Christian Ponder does what I think I've noticed. The better the team Ponder's going against, the better he seems to play. He seems to play smarter when he's going up against what he what he respects. All so, right, so this is what I'm going to Go ahead, go ahead, Trey. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm looking forward to is, is something tight like that. The one more uh, thing that I wanted to say to Mike was about he was tweeting earlier this week about the players' union and, you know, maybe they need to step up and see what they can do about Brandon Merriweather and, and all the action that he's been taking lately. Mm-hmm. I, I think the players' union is too weak to do that. I think if they were strong enough, they would have held out longer in this last lockout to get everything they wanted, but the fact is, they can't hold out too long. They need that money. They need to feed their lions and their pet boa constrictors and everything else, and they need that money. <laughs> if the well, union were that strong, they could hold on and, and maybe affect some change, but I don't think they're strong enough to do that. I think they yeah, need that's to why hold that's... out for the things they wanted. The, the, the things they wanted, in my eyes, were the wrong things to go after, like reduced padded practices, reduced uh, re- just all of the bad times, no more two-a-days. They got the things they wanted, just the things they should have gotten. Um, but unfortunately, it affected the game negatively, and it's affecting players injury-wise. Right. I mean, Brandon and Mary so now the only literally. Way that they can prove this, the only way that they can prove that they're wrong now is research. So we have now hit the 90-second mark um, on the show. So I definitely want to thank Let's let Andre close it out. for calling I want to thank Dre for calling, and we're going to let Dre, from in much less detail, close out the show for you today. Guys, it's a pleasure. I, I enjoy being on the show. I, I love listening to the podcast, uh, the replay of your show. Uh, I'm not able to listen live, but uh, me and my friend Jason, we do our own show. We do a pick show called In Much Less Detail. You can find that also on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and you can also subscribe to that on iTunes. And everybody have a good Sunday, and let's get ready for some football. All right, and again, that's in much less detail. You guys can find that on Blog Talk Radio. It's an amazing show. So I'm Cass from Football Fan Rush, and we have a co-host, Mike. We are signing off. Happy Football Sunday, and we will talk to you guys next Sunday.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.